0: Everything we do has a beginning, a starting point. A lot of those things end up needing a restart. Let's start again. Yeah. But our God is all about new beginnings, and it all starts with the gospel Should, I stay or should I go? Come on Should I stay, stay or, should or should I go, go now? And we've been singing this all week, right? Should, I stay or should I go now? Well, hey, we're glad you're here. We're glad you stayed. Anytime you can dust off old English-British rock band music, it's, it's, a, it's a benefit in my mind. But we're glad you guys are here. Uh, my name's Josh Surratt. Uh, I serve as a lead pastor here at Seacoast and want to welcome all of our campuses. I know that uh, there are some of our campuses that are not having church this weekend, and Others that are, a lot of us are doing uh, different services. This is our 10 o'clock service right now uh, this weekend, and it's our first one of the weekend. Uh, well, technically, it's a second one of the weekend. We recorded one on Thursday uh, that we were planning to use online just in case we weren't able to do church. And so, uh, but I'm excited. This is so much fun. I've met several of you that are here today uh, from another church in the Charleston area. Maybe your church isn't doing services, and we are honored to have you as our guests this weekend, kind of a temporary Place to worship, and I'm um, looking forward to working together with the churches in the Charleston area to look to how we can respond to those who need help uh, in our city. And we'll talk more about that here in just a few minutes, but we're glad you guys are here. Uh, you know, anytime we do this dance uh, in, in Charleston, where I live, where there's a hurricane coming and we're wondering, is it going to hit? Is it not going to hit? I reminisce back to the, the, the last hurricane that we stayed through, it was also the first hurricane that we did stay through, it was Hurricane Hugo. Did anybody else remember Hurricane Hugo? Were you living here during Hugo? Our family was brand new to the to Charleston area. We had just come from up, uh, Northern Illinois, and so we didn't do much with hurricanes, didn't know much for hurricanes, and so I was 10 years old at the time, and our family decided to evacuate from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, all the way to North Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, now, if you're watching online, that's about 10 minutes uh, away. And I wanna remind you, I was 10 years old, so it wasn't my decision. Uh, You can kind of figure out yourself who made that decision for our family. (laughs) But um, we we evacuated, we went to a church, Northwood Church, which was actually the church that planted Seacoast, and a bunch of families gathered together in Northwood Church, and and I'll I'll tell you, it was the most frightening uh, night, terrifying night of my life. Uh, it, was, it was awful, and it started off before the storm even got there, because people evacuated their animals as well, and we had one room that was for pets, and the problem is, one family that came, they had a pit bull, um, and so all the animals were in this room, and the pit bull began to try to eat all of the other animals. <laughs> now, you may have a pit bull, you may be a pit bull lover, and my book, Pit Bulls and Cats, come from the same place, and it's not heaven, <laughs> and it's not here, and so you know, it's just my personal opinion. I love other dogs. But this dog, so we ended up having to take this pit bull in with the adults because it, it would not chill out. It was just freaking out the whole time and you know growling and, and literally we had to be playing worship songs that, and my dad was one of them that was leading us in worship and the minute whoever was leading worship stopped playing uh, the guitar, the pit bull would get up and start pacing and growling and so before we ever had a storm, we were dealing with a storm in the shelter that was stressful and, and then the storm comes in and if any of you stayed during that storm, I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. Uh, the, the wind, you start begin to hear the wind howling, and then and, and, and you can start to kinda hear shingles, you know, ripping off of the, the roof, and you hear trees going down, and uh, start having flood, you know, uh, water dripping in. And then the, the church we were in, uh, all of a sudden, windows started breaking. Uh, we heard a noise in another room, and my dad and one other guy went into the other room to check it out. Uh, they were gone for about five, 10 minutes, came back, and we had heard a loud noise. They were ghost white. And they didn't tell us what had happened, but that what, what eventually after the storm, they told us as they were walking out of that room, they fixed a window in there. The entire ceiling caved in. And so just a terrible, terrible night. We ended up sleeping underneath uh, tables that they had set up just in case things went down. But, but here's what I remember that really stood out to me about that night is during the eye of the storm. Uh, My my family, they let us, a couple of us kids go outside, and I don't know if you've ever been in the eye of a storm, but I'm telling you what, there is nothing more surreal, uh, there's nothing more peaceful than walking out and being in the eye of a storm, because what you have is you've got billboards that were down on local businesses, you had trees down, windows out in cars, total devastation all around you. And you know that there is raging wind on any side that you look, not far away from you, but in this little pocket of space, it's total peace, total peace. And, and I wanna talk to you guys this weekend about how we as people who pursue God, who love God, how can we experience peace, much like what would happen in the eye of a storm. I wonder if that's not a metaphor that God gave us, a, 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 a physical metaphor of the kind of peace that He wants us to experience. You know, we've been watching Hurricane Irma, and some of you may be watching online from a place that will be impacted in a greater way. It looks like, by and large, we're gonna dodge most of the storm, most of the devastation of the storm. But, but most of us can relate to the idea of dealing with other kinds of storms. In fact, some of you may be here today, and Irma is the least of your concerns in terms of storms. Maybe you're facing a relational storm in your life, or potentially a health storm, financial storm that you're going through. The reality is that in life, there are gonna be times when it seems like everything's out of control, when it seems like the wind is, is raging and the storm is coming. Challenges, adversities, stress is gonna come. But just like in the eye of a storm, in the midst of that difficulty, there's a place of, of peace where we can go. The Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding. That means that you can have a peace when you should be upset. That you can have a peace when, when you should be stressed out. And, and I know that I've watched my Facebook feeds and I, I know what I've experienced internally and there have been moments this week where I have not felt peace. <laughs> I felt a little stressed out. Uh, 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 you know, overwhelmed with, with the, the potential of this storm coming. Well this weekend we're gonna take a break from our regularly scheduled programming. We've been in a series, we've been going through the Bible all year long and we've been in a mini series looking at the Gospel of John. But I thought, you know what, let's take a few moments and let's look at a storm that the disciples went through, that Jesus went through, and let's just pull some practical things. What can we learn about going through storms from a story that happened? If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Mark chapter four, uh, verses 35 through 41. Why don't you read it with me here? I'll read it so you can follow along. Said so that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, that's Jesus, said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats that went with him. It says a furious squall came up. Another translation says, Suddenly a storm popped up. Furious squall. Hurricane Irma pops up on the Sea of Galilee. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly. Swamped, it says Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Like, are, are you even paying attention to this storm that we're going through? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Would you pray with me as we, as we begin? God, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God who can speak to the storm, and that even the wind and the waves obey you. God, right now as a church, we pray for those who are uh, in, the, in the path of the storm, we pray for those who are uh, less fortunate than we are, God, but we just pray that even right now that you would cause that storm to die, cause, that, cause the wind and the waves to stop. God, would you uh, take, it, take it to, I just pray that you place a hedge of protection around every person, every family, every church that's in the path of that storm, and we just give you our time together here. We pray that you would help us, Lord, to look to you to know how to respond when we're dealing with the storms that we face in our lives. We give you this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, what do we know about storms? What do we know? So, the first thing that we know in light of this is one, storms are inev- inevitable. <laughs> storms are inevitable. Let me just break the great news to you. You know, we dodged this one, but if you live in the Charleston area, if you live on the coast, we're going to face hurricanes. That's just part of the deal. And, and I, I know when I got saved, uh, a long time ago, 18 years old, I kind of assumed that, man, by making a decision to follow Christ, that might provide me some protection from having to deal with certain storms. You know, that's, that's not actually true. If you look at what the scripture says in Matthew five forty five, this is Jesus. He says, God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If we live long enough, we're gonna deal with storms. It's part of life, and, and we can try our best to shelter ourselves from them or to run from them or to evacuate from them, which we should do physical storms. But a lot of storms, we're just gonna deal with them at some point in our lives. So if they're inevitable, we need to prepare for them, right? So, so what else do I know about storms? They're often unpredictable. Storms are often unpredictable. Has anybody else kind of been exhausted this week trying to figure out what Hurricane Irma's gonna do? Uh, My goodness, we actually recorded a a service on Thursday afternoon about 4.30 to to prepare it for for all of our campuses. And as I got down, finished preaching the message, we were getting ready to button things up and cancel services. My dad pops over to the front row and says, hey, it shifted west. It looks like we might be doing, you know, it's just been like, we, we don't know what to think. It's been exhausting trying to figure out what this storm is gonna do. Most of the time, storms are unpredictable. Now, I will say there are some storms that are predictable. Uh, there are some relational storms that are pretty predictable. You know, if, you, if we were to hang out and, and we were to talk about some of the, the priorities that we have in our lives, if, if, if we don't put God first in our relationships, if we don't put God first in our finances, if we don't God, put God first in these areas of our lives, we can pretty well predict that some storms are gonna come as a result of that. But other kinds of storms are, they're sudden. Like the one the disciples were going through. Yeah, we've been to Israel a couple of times. We're going again actually uh, in November of this year and there's still a couple of spots left. Some of you may wanna come check it out. But it's fascinating on the Sea of Galilee where this storm happened. It's it's a a lake, they call it the Sea of Galilee, but it's actually a, a lake and it's surrounded by hillside. And even to this day, they talk about this dynamic that'll happen where suddenly a wind will kind of come around the mountain and, and a storm will pop up out of nowhere. And some of these things are just crazy, catastrophic and heavy winds. And that's what happened with the disciples. They're on the boat, things seem to be pretty normal and all of a sudden a squall pops up out of nowhere. And sometimes storms can be sudden. A rogue wind, one minute everything's fine, the next minute you're getting soaked. Yeah, I can remember one of those storms in my life uh, we We were my wife and I a couple of years ago we were getting in bed. It was a Friday night, get ready to go to sleep, and we got one phone call uh, from her parents and it was Robbie Robinson, who was a second father to her, a very good friend of our family he We had just hung out at church the weekend before he'd brought a bunch of gifts for our kids, just kind of a, a another grandparent figure in our lives. In a moment, his life was taken from him a heart attack and and we went from going to bed, and all things seemed pretty good and pretty right, and then in a moment, and in an instant, everything was different. Storm was there. And I know many of you can relate to that. Some of you may be even going through a storm like that right now. Maybe a diagnosis that came out of nowhere, and then you go, all things seem pretty normal, and all of a sudden you find yourself getting drenched and wondering, what do I do? Storms can be unpredictable, they're inevitable. Another thing that they can be is frightening. Storms can be frightening. You know, the disciples were literally fearing for their life. I don't know how it played out, but I imagine it went something like this. The storm comes on. They're, they're a little bit concerned, but then John looks at Peter and he goes, "Hey, do you see on the shore that's Jim Cantori? He's here. That means it's bad, like right? <laughs> you' all been watching that, too, right? We just want to, where is he? Because wherever he is, the storm's going to be bad. But, but they begin to freak out. They realize this is, this is trouble. You know, this is a problem. And, and they start by bailing out the water. They're trying to fix it on their own. But they, they, they begin to, to freak out. And they ask Jesus a question that I, I don't know that you really capture the emotion behind it when you're just reading it without really getting yourself into that moment. But they wake him up and they say, Jesus, do you even care? Like, are you even paying attention to what I'm going through right now? Because it seems like you're just taking a nap, while the rest of us are fearing for our lives. And some of you may may feel that way. You're going through a storm, and you're like, I don't even know if God's paying attention to what's going on here. I don't even know if if he's if he's listening. They can be frightening. So storms are inevitable. Storms are. Often unpredictable, they're frightening. And many of you are like, thank you, Josh. I could have stayed home and watched the Weather Channel and gotten stressed out like I am right now. I got some good news, some good news. Storms are, are temporary. Storms are temporary. You know, at some point, God will quiet the storm. No storm lasts forever. Some of you may be in a storm right now and you're wondering, is this ever going to end? And it will, it will. One of my favorite... Passages and scriptures in the Bible—it's actually all throughout the Bible. It says, "It came to pass." Uh, it came to pass. Whatever you're going through, it came to pass. It's going to go away. In a couple of days, Irma's going to do its damage, but it's going to be gone. Storms are temporary; they always are. No storm lasts forever. Look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4:17. He says, "For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory." that far outweighs them all. I love that. He says, for our light and momentary troubles. Now, you might read that and think, well, Paul must have lived a pretty decent life and sheltered from much trouble. Well, if you know anything about Paul, none of us would describe his problems as light and momentary. Uh, Paul was stoned, and not in the Colorado sense. He was literally stoned. (laughs) He he was beaten, he was attacked. I mean, Paul was shipwrecked. He went through storms like what we're experiencing down in Florida right now on a boat, literally feared for his life. He went to jail for long periods of time. This guy had major, major storms in his life, yet he somehow was able to look at him and go, you know what, they're light and they're momentary compared to what I have to look forward to, compared to heaven. And some of you may be facing a storm. I know I have a friend at our West Ashley campus that passed away this week from cancer. And there's no way to make... Light of that in any way, these are hard things, but even that, in light of eternity, in light of the fact that God has all of eternity to make it up to us, there's a perspective there that Paul has that we need to have that says, man, you know what? It's temporary. Regardless of how hard it is, I gotta know. And here's the deal. If storms are temporary, then my job is to outlast the storm. My job is to stay longer than the storm does. Maybe you've been tempted to quit in some way or some area, maybe your relationship don't bail out before the storm does. The storm's gonna leave. We just gotta outlast it. I, I've got a friend who has a horse farm up uh, in Onda, and they've got about 50 horses up there. Some good, good friends, we've known them for several years. And on Wednesday of this week, they made the decision, based on all that they had in front of them, to evacuate all 50 horses from here to Atlanta. <laughs> and so I was talking to them, yeah, I know, you think you you're frustrated that you boarded up your windows and may not have needed to? Like, get some perspective, okay? They <laughs> evacuated 50 horses. I, don't, I can't imagine the expense and the time and the logistics to pull all that stuff out. And of course, we don't second guess those decisions. Some of you are watching from a place that you have evacuated to, and, and you gotta make the best decision in light of the information that you have at, at the time. But, but let's go back to the metaphorical storms. And I just wanna encourage you, there are some storms, the worst thing you could do right now is evacuate. The worst thing you could do, I think about these disciples. Had they jumped out of the boat at the peak of the storm, they would have never survived it. The worst thing that you can do is evacuate that relational storm, maybe in a marriage. Things are going really, really bad right now and you just wanna bail out. I just wanna encourage you, there are some storms, we just need to outlast the storm. We need to stay in the boat. Storms are temporary. Let's outlast them. Last thought about storms. They're purposeful. Storms are purposeful. You know, in this case, the storm that the disciples went into, Jesus actually led them into that storm. You know, and There are some storms that Jesus leads us into, not all storms. All storms aren't caused by God. All storms are purposeful though. All storms we can, we can find purpose in for the disciples, man, that storm built their faith. You know, they, they left, I love that last verse. It was a defining moment for them. I'm not sure they ever would've gotten to this point that they got to if it weren't for going through the storm where, where it says that they, they were in awe that even the wind and the waves were obedient to Jesus. It deepened their faith. From that point forward, they knew never to question God when it became God against mother nature uh, that, that, that Jesus was bigger. Jesus could speak to the storm. It, it was purposeful in their lives. And you know, the storms that we go through are purposeful too, if we will allow them to be. You know, Romans says that God works all things together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Storms can be purposeful. You know, as we've been watching Hurricane Irma come Uh, to to town, I've been praying a lot, like all of you have, that God would send the storm away and still praying that he'll do that. But something shifted for me in the middle of the week that was like, okay God, I want you to take the storm away, but my my bigger prayer is, give me purpose in the storm. you help me to understand what's going on. Even in the evacuation and not evacuation and schools closed, like, I don't know about you, but man, I have spent some of the best quality time with my kids over the last couple of days than I have in a long time. We've been going on bike rides, and hey, I'm like, okay, God, maybe part of the purpose of all of this is that you j- just bring some unity and closeness in our family, you know. And, and I know that's little stuff compared to what others are going through, but but if the storm were to hit, you know, God, bring purpose in that. Wherever the storm happens to hit, God, bring purpose in that. I'm so proud to be part of this church. Where last week we talked to you about the storm that hit Houston, and we said, hey, would you uh, w- would you help and was raised out of this church just last weekend to go towards hurricane relief. That's bringing purpose into the storm where there's gonna be some people somewhere, and it's gonna happen again in Florida, that are going through major loss, major challenges, that that somebody's gonna come to them and say, can I give you this? Can I provide this relief just because the Lord told me to, just because we wanna serve you in the way that Jesus would have served I know last year when Hurricane Matthew hit, and uh, we had some damage you know, around here, a lot of trees down, and I remember partnering up with Jeff Leinberger uh, up at the Dream Center. They're with us right now at this service, and we went out to uh, a home of somebody in our church who had a bunch of debris in the backyard. She was disabled, so she couldn't take care of it herself, and, and so we began to chainsaws and a bunch of people just clearing out our yard. We got finished with that, and a guy walked up to me. said, hey, I live three doors down, and, you know, we've got a lot of damage in, in our yard as well. Can y'all come over to us? And I was like, yeah, sure. Can we go over there? Yeah, let, let's do it. So we went over and he said, hey, Josh. Or he didn't say, hey, Josh. He said, hey, what's the uh, cost for this? So oh, it's it's free. No, we're just here to serve. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like, what's the name of your organization? <laughs> like, he thought we were a cleanup crew. I was like, well, we kind of are. It's Seacoast Church. You know, we're just here to here to help. Um, and 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 we're, we just wanna bring purpose to the storm. And I know uh, Joel Christie, who's here, he's been helping head up a, a disaster relief plan, and we are going to serve, we are going to make this storm purposeful in any way that we possibly can. There, there's a website that I wanna encourage all of you guys to go to. One, if you are in, in a, a place where you uh, need help for any, any reason, you know, it doesn't look like we're gonna get major wind, major rain, but uh, if, if you need help, seacoast.org Irma, and uh, that, that's gonna be a place, we've got it set up to where you can request help, but also many of you are going, man, I wanna, I wanna help. I wanna be a part of this. And, and we've got a plan, we've got a team, and uh, we were believing, we were at a meeting the other day and Joel said, hey, I really get the sense in my spirit that this is gonna launch short-term mission trips in a way that we've never experienced here at Seacoast. And that that 75% of our church may be able to jump in and get involved and take a day or two to go down to Florida and help. And again, we don't know what, we're not gonna jump too soon. We don't know what the damage is. We're gonna assess it. But man, if you wanna help, if you wanna be part of making purpose out of this storm, I wanna encourage you to check out the website. There'll be a place where you can sign up to help. So that's what I know about storms. I, I, I wanna kinda close just three thoughts, and God gave me these on the way in to church today. So they may be good or they may not be. Uh, that's just kind of the nature of what happens when God speaks. I was thinking about this, thinking about that storm that we just read about. What did the disciples do? What did they do to fix the problem? You know, and, and, and what can we do if we're in the middle of a storm? We know that Jesus slept through it. He had peace. We can have that same peace. In fact, he said, peace, I leave with you. Like he wants us to experience peace in the storm, but what do the disciples do to get out? And three words that that I think apply to us no matter what storm you're going through right now. Number one is stop bailing. Stop bailing. You know, the water begins to come into the boat and their first response is to try to fix the problem themselves. They're bailing the water out of the boat. And, and, And here's what I know. There is nothing more frustrating, there's nothing more draining than trying to solve a problem that's not your problem to solve, than trying to control a situation that's not your situation to control. And the disciples, for a while, thought that it was their job to bail out the boat, but they get to this point where they realize, man, the only, the only thing we can do is, is get Jesus involved in this thing. Like, we can't fix this problem. And I wonder if there are some of us that we've been trying to control something that is out of our control. And that creates stress, that creates anxiety, creates fear. You feel powerless. You know, there's a lot of freedom, and sometimes you're saying, "You know what? I'm going to stop bailing. This is not my problem to fix." So stop bailing. Number two, start waking up Jesus. <laughs> like that—that that was the most pivotal moment in that storm. What they did, the best thing they did, is they woke Jesus up. And, and, and what, what I'm saying there is not that Jesus is sleeping through your storm, but man, are you praying in such a way that there ain't no way he could if he wanted to? Like, are we gonna go after God with whatever storm? Some of us need to stop taking all of that on our own, all the fear, all the anxiety, and go, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna wake him up. I'm gonna storm heaven with prayer. I'm gonna storm heaven for my family. You know, things may not look good right now, but man, I am going to wake him up. Jesus, get up. <laughs> Uh, Don't you care, I know you care. Get up, Lord, I'm I'm gonna pray. And you know, that peace that passes all understanding in Philippians that, that the Bible talks about, it starts with us going, you know what? I'm gonna stop worrying about everything. And instead, in prayer and supplication, I'm gonna bring it to God. You know, that's something shifts when we do that. Something shifted in that storm with the disciples, something shifts in our storms. When we decide, you know what, I'm gonna stop trying to fix it on my own and I'm gonna wake Jesus up. I'm, I'm gonna start going after God. And, and so, so stop bailing. Start waking up Jesus. One, one more thought. Of all the things that the disciples did to get themselves out of that situation, you know, you know what the, the, the biggest thing they did is? They stayed in the boat. They stayed in the boat. You know, I'd love to give you a, you know, six practical steps to, get to the other side to get out of the storm that you're in. But in some storms, the most spiritual thing we can do is just stay with the boat. Pray, what do I do when I'm on the boat? I'm gonna pray, (laughs) I'm gonna believe, but but I'm just gonna stay in the boat. And the key to the disciples getting to the other side that day was they stayed near Jesus. Jesus was in the boat, so they stayed in. (laughs) Some of us need to get Jesus in our boat we haven't asked Jesus to, to really lead our lives, to fully entrust ourselves and surrender ourselves to him. Some of us are gonna have an opportunity to do that this weekend, but stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. So stop trying to fix it on our own. Start waking Jesus up and stay in the boat because if Jesus is in your boat, you're in a safe place. He, he is going to protect you. A couple of years ago, we were, uh, you know, My wife and I, were we took two separate cars. We parked my car somewhere. I couldn't remember where, but we parked it somewhere. Then we went and took our family somewhere. We got back and I thought I had parked my car here at the church. And so we drove through the church parking lot and you know, couldn't find it anywhere. I was getting a little bit frustrated. Drove over to shopping center across the street. Where did I leave my car? I cannot remember for the life of me. Some of you relate to that. Stop judging me, you've done it drove over to the offices, and my car wasn't in the offices, and I was just getting visibly frustrated and, and upset. And, and, and My daughter, who at the time was four or five years old, Greta Kate, she's like, Daddy, what, what's bothering you? And I just kinda, of, I was like, you know what, I'm frustrated, we are lost. We're lost and I'm frustrated. And she, just quiet little voice out of the backseat, goes, Silly Daddy, we're not lost, you're with us. And it was like such a perspective-giving moment from a four-year-old. He says, I don't know where the car is, but you're with us, there's no way we could be lost. And you know what, whatever storm you're going, going into, maybe you're facing, you're trying to get out of, if Jesus is with you, you're not lost. If Jesus is in the boat, stay with it. Outlast the storm, it's temporary. Find some purpose in it, but let's trust God that he's gonna bring us through the storm. Would you pray with me as we close? God, to thank you. Thank you for this great church. Thank you, Lord, for just what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, for these next few moments, we kinda wanna take our attention off of the hurricane. Lord, bring it to our own life, to our own soul, to our own situations. And I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. What are you saying to us? Some of us are walking through a storm. We're facing some challenging circumstances and we've been stressed, been trying to figure it out. And Lord, we commit to you today, we're gonna stop trying to fix this on our own. Lord, we're gonna stop trying to control situations that are out of our control. And we're gonna come to you in prayer. We're gonna wake you up, we're gonna make sure you know we're here, crying out to you. And Lord, we're committed to staying with the boat. Would you work your purposes in every situation, in Jesus' name, amen, amen.